So needy. Well, when Welcome. she gets the Daniel love. That's right. I mean. Welcome to when Daniel met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. Let's get to know each other. Follow us on all of the social medias. You just Google when Daniel met Rich. We have excellent SEO on that. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube. The Excitement Inc. as well as our Nerd Archive has been rebranded. to Excitement Inc. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excitement Incorporated. Yes. So that. Now, anything referencing the Nerd Archive is, in fact, an archive. It is. Because going forward, it's Excitement Incorporated. Yeah, I know being archived and obsolete aren't the same thing, but, I mean, (laughs) the title will become obsolete in due time. Yes. When people realize that we are Excitement Inc. and our show is Excitement Inc. At this point, it's an archive. our flagship show is When Daniel Met Rich. That's this one. That's where we get crazy. Yes. If you'd like to see us in person, December 15th, we will be at the Denver Indie Games Expo at Dry Dock Brewery. Uh, Look for it. Google it. Find the address. Yes, there will be beer. There will be food trucks. There will be indie games. And there will be us. Us. They're recording a live show about indie games. So if you like indie games, you got to find us there. Yeah. Come check it out. Come be on the show, maybe talk about yes. your favorite indie game. Yes. Athena's so needy. She just, like, I she's give her the best scratches. She's very needy she's, today. Man, look at that tail, too. Look, it, and here comes she's the head. For those of you on YouTube. I was holding her up earlier during the spiel for everyone to see. The head holding is her head up. up. It's up here. She's, I don't want to hurt her neck. She's, though, getting, so she's getting head scratches. I'm yes. just going to, here, I'm going to position like this. You position away from the camera, and everyone's just going to, just right there. This is where she wants to be, right in my line. You can barely hear Daniel because he's no longer in his mic, but uh, he's given the puppers ear scratches, which she enjoys. Yeah. She does. She has a smushy face. Smushing her face and she doesn't care because this is where she just wants to exist right now. Yes. Is in the glow of Daniel's uh, attention. So. You happy? I've been. You happy? My. uh, have you heard of the Nextdoor app at all? Yes. Okay. Well, I I do something similar to that in that uh, my community has a Facebook page, a Facebook group page. And on the Facebook group page, people, you know, will talk about different things like, you know, avoid this accident at this light or whatever, or uh, police presence detected huge at this intersection. Anybody know what happened or New construction over here. Anybody know what we're getting? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing stuff. Mm-hmm. And somebody posted recently, um, help me please, what do you get for a 12-year-old girl for Christmas that's really into dinosaurs and snakes and sharks and for a 9-year-old boy? And s- there was a bunch of STEM-related like toys and stuff like that. Like there's a children's experiment subscription box service type thing you could sign them up for where they like build stuff out of whatever Uh and then there was one woman who said for girls stuffies pretty things powdery stuff for boys electronics nope come on guys and i saw this and i was like didn't you just say the girl is into snakes dinosaurs and yeah (laughs) yeah i was just like 
are we really stuck there? Can we? Are we really stuck with this whole, mm-hmm. you know, gender equivalent toys? If you were Target, we'd sue you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like my niece last for her last birthday, I got her the Captain Underpants series of good, books. Good, good, good. Yes. No primary female characters anywhere to be seen in that. Nope. Nope. You were talking about He-Man and She-Ra on the last uh, episode of the the uh, oh yeah uh, Excitement Incorporated. Yes. And I was just thinking to myself, yeah, but there's still plenty of girls who are just like slowly stroking the abs on the He-Man action mm-hmm. figure. <laughs> yeah. Making him go like knock on Barbie's house to take her out to a nice lunch. Yep. Like, come on. Don't try to it's it's, you know, yeah. uh, uh, ages and ages past here where women are plenty into guy things and guys are plenty into women things. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I know a lot of people that listen to like female pop singers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think it's like a really popular thing because I don't know about you. I can gender Lady Gaga real easy. You know yeah. what I mean? I know. It, and then there's people who are a little too into Miley Cyrus and a little too yeah. into like Carly Rae Jepsen at a certain level that I'm like, hmm. I, I really enjoy all female um, rock groups or punk rock groups. There's a band out there called the Luna Chicks. Ooh, really? Yeah, they're, cool. they're pretty awesome. They're oh. like the female version of Guar, if you're familiar with Guar. I am, yeah. I didn't, jeez, I didn't know that. They do a song called Mr. Lady that's about a uh, man trans transitioning to a woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really good song. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And it's not really disparaging at all okay it's 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 a very good song i no, enjoy no, that that's quite i mean a bit. it sounds like a so good song. i enjoy the luna chicks uh also there's a band called kitty yeah it's a metal band called kitty at well there was i don't know if they're even around it. i don't know there's a long time ago I, they were like 90s around there was like grungy okay female metal kitty. i was like okay. i thought that was really interesting um, yeah there was kitty there well there was l7 luna chicks mm-hmm. And we're not even talking about K-pop. Right we're not. Now. We're not even not talking even about K-pop right now because there's a, a a group out there. They're called um, I forgot already, and they have nine members. Hmm. Nine, nine. There's nine of them. Uh, there's the nine. Female Slipknot. Three by three by three. Yeah, that's a very mm. good. That's a very appropriate. Nice way to put them and talk about that. Yeah. Um, My wife recently discovered the lead singer of Slipknot. Because mm-hmm. I guess he sings different stuff. And he did a karaoke night with uh, Jensen Ackles from mm-hmm. Supernatural and Days of Our Lives. Mm-hmm. And my wife's been watching a lot of uh, YouTube of Jensen Ackles singing. Yep. I karaoke. saw that clip. Didn't I, didn't I tag them? Did I tag her in that one of her? Possibly. And, um, yeah, of, no, of Jensen Ackles and Corey. Yeah. Of Slipknot, Corey Taylor of Slipknot. Probably. Yeah. That might Sing be what led her to that. Mm-hmm. He's a good Because she was like, this guy is really good. What else does he sing? And I was, and she was <laughs> like, mm, Slipknot. And I was like, oh, you don't want to check out Slipknot. I want to slit your throat <laughs> and fuck the woke. want to push my face in and feel this one. <laughs> Nice <laughs> disaster piece. No, yes. I man, I grew up on Slipknot hard, dude. I mean, that yeah. was like probably my first metal band that I was really like into because all yeah. because of how equally groovy they are, right? And hands of also being like violent. 
<laughs> violent material. But, you know, um, Corey Taylor is still, like, really a stand-up guy yeah. uh, at the end of the day. He also sings for Stone Sour. That's his side project to Stone Sour. Right. Which every, a lot of people like yeah. Stone Sour. Just and I told my wife, I was like, if you're going to check out one of his other things, check out Stone Sour before Slipknot. Do you know where they discovered um, Corley, Corey Taylor? No. He was working at a porn shop. A Hot. sex store. Sexy. When he started. And singing? <laughs> yep, and singing. Yep. He was singing about dildos as people were purchasing them? or Probably, I don't know. I don't know. I'm nice. sure he was looking for a band. I'm sure he was looking for a band. I'm sure. I see the rollerball here, and I just want to use it. Since Brian's not here for this recording session, I like. I want to reach over, and I like. I see it. I just want to play with a ball. Yeah. I just want to. And then, fun. Do you ever pop it out? Yep. Pop it out to clean it. Oh, to clean it? What yeah. do you need to clean it? I don't know. I haven't used a rollerball since. Like, I prefer the trackball because it takes up less geography on the desk space. It's very true. But I um, get that. I get that. There's a hole on the bottom that pops out the ball, and then you clean off the sensors inside. Oh, you pop it out like that. Yeah, that's how you I like pop push a pin in through. Yeah, like a pencil. You know, sometimes you can just pull it out though. Yeah, you can do that. I got it. It's like you know. I wonder if it's uh, very spherical. I know. This is just too fun. Yes. To do this, and then there's a light inside that tracks the. Yep. I'm so sorry. That's all right. I only have one thing in my nose from this week. All right. Okay. Um, I was surfing the web, and I was I think I was trying to post a picture somewhere in one of my groups, and it accidentally brought up my thing. But when I was trying to do this, it was while I was peeing, and I almost broadcasted a picture of my weenie Hot. while I was peeing. Nice. And the fact that that's the only interesting thing that's Hashtag happened. Hashtag golden week, showers. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I kind of suddenly understand how people accidentally put up pictures they don't mean to be seen all of yeah. a sudden, you know, because <laughs> I was like, no, there's actually no reason Don't text him, please. It. it can wait.com. Well, you know, back in the day, um, the lead singer of Paramore, she totally blasted, tweeted a freaking topless photo. Neat. And <laughs> if you didn't, you, now you will. But, like, I'm like, you were probably on drugs. <laughs> if you're going to do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, blast this? Like, I don't know. Or maybe you were just on your way out of being relevant. Possibly. I enjoyed Paramore. I don't enjoy her. Oh, yeah? Oddly enough. Like, like when they were getting big in their heyday and everything, she was doing a lot of radio interviews, and I think it was just overexposure to me. Mm -hmm. Oh, you've heard too much of her. That made it was like, you know, I don't know who she is or anything, but I'm just kind of tired of her. You broke it. I really was that like a center? Like yeah, that was a support. That's oh okay. Gosh. Oh gosh, it's okay. I thought I would be able to put it back down. It's okay. It's Here, pick I'm up really, your mic. I'm really. Here, okay. pick up your mic. Pick up my mic. Just the mic. Sorry, I was like, here's the deal. I've been messing with that. So I have this Lego stand that Rich made me, and I did not realize the architectural finesse that you put into these. Okay. I was more of a center central support for. There we go. I love it. There you go. Now you're all set. I'll never break what you give me again. For a couple weeks anyway. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Until I'm playing with this again, I don't want to keep doing it. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, "Oh, shit, I did it again. I stopped listening to Paramore after their second album. I probably did as well. I still haven't picked up any of their albums or anything. um, They split ways with um, a brother duo that was like the drummer guitarist of Paramore. Okay. And I thought that they were like the definitive sound of Paramore. 
after they split up, they might have well called it the Haley, the Haley Williams experiment. Okay. <laughs> you know, because that's it's like the only thing about that that was Paramore was her still singing. Okay. So they had a very groovy sound to what they had before, a very punky sound, and after they split, is nothing. I was like, you guys don't, you yeah. don't even slightly sound like Paramore anymore. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that might be why they just got... Yeah, basically. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, it, it seemed like they were make. It seemed like the media at large was making Paramore more about her, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that may be what have caused the split. I think that had something to do with why, yeah, why they left, yeah. Considering that um, I think everybody else did all the writing and stuff and said, here's what you sing and here's what it, you should sound like. Could very well be. Kind of thing. And she was like, okay, but then she, because she's the front man, mm-hmm. essentially, it became about her and then That's what she ego having a beefy in. voice. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. It happens to everybody, really. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Creed. Oh God! <laughs> you want to talk about ego taking Stupid over a band? Scott Holy shit! Stapp. Jesus! Oh man, I don't even. I don't even. Anyways, <laughs> let's hire this guy. He sounds like Eddie Vedder. <laughs> I know, right? That's there's a reason Creed isn't around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying my best to reference Creed music in my head, but I cannot for the life of me remember any right now. Oh. When I am with yeah, it, uh, there we go. My sacrifice. Yeah, that's that's more than enough of Creed <laughs> ever. <laughs> oh, man. He's just floating down a canoe. Yes. On yes. a river. Yes. And yes. Uh, no paddle. Yeah. No paddle. How yeah. is he moving? How I, is he? I don't know. Must be man. using the power of his voice. Must be. To move <laughs> him along. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm still. I'm still. Recovering from this bronchitis thing. Same, but not bronchitis, just sickness. Well, the uh, when I went to the urgent care, they told me that it was bronchitis because I had a wheeze in my chest. So she prescribed me antibiotics and an, and an inhaler. Speaking of music and wheeze, Weezer is also. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Continue. they bless the rains down in Africa. I saw I saw Weezer live. Nice with Blink One Eighty Two once. Awesome. They were great. Nice. They played Say It Ain't So for me, and I sang the crap out of it, and then I was like, okay, you guys can be done now, and then they had the rest of their set to play, and I was like, great. Yeah. I guess I'll stay here for this. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, there, back in the day, I went and saw uh, Matchbox 20, mm-hmm. when they were touring their first mm-hmm. album, that Yourself or Someone Like You, and they were touring with uh, Soul Asylum. That, that now, sounds like a band that's not same. N- no. At all. No. That's awesome. Not really at I'm all. I'm excited. So I was, we went to this show, and uh, for reasons completely unrelated to the headlining act or anything, um, the way there, I was getting very, very frustrated and upset. And so when I went into the show, I was not in a good mood at all. And uh, because of the people that were with me, essentially. Okay. That just, they spent the whole ride there just pissing me off like they were going through they were going through my radio a person sitting shotgun was going through my radio while you were driving while i was driving you drove yes i drove they're going through my radio and uh they go to this station b96 now back at this point in time Mm -hmm. b96 Mm -hmm. was like the hip-hop pop music station Mm mm-hmm Stuff that is not in line with my musical taste, even in the slightest. Okay. 
and they kept they kept stopping on the grunge and alternative stations and the rock stations, which is my wheelhouse. Yes. And I was like, ooh, that's a good song. Go back. Kept going. Didn't go back. And there was like four stations that were playing songs. I was like, oh, yeah, go back to that. Play that. And they kept skipping back and ended up back on B96 despite it playing commercials because eventually it was going to come to music. Here's the deal. Yeah. There are some people in this world that, and some situations in this world that we just can't avoid, right? Yeah. Um, sometimes we let people come with us to concerts that have no good judgment-making skills. Yeah. And so they get into the 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 car and then they skip over four good songs. And some people also don't realize that when you're driving, um, generally we need to listen to what you want to listen to. Right? Kind generally. Of, yeah. yeah. It's a good general decision. Unless they're your significant other, they decide what's on the radio. And there's the heart and soul of it. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I'm very, very upset and right. frustrated by the time we get to the concert. Mm-hmm. The Matchbox 20 concert. Yes. And Soul Asylum comes on the stage. And they actually had a really good set. Really? At, they were playing, you know, Somebody to Shove and, you know, the the stuff that you, they're known for. And then they were playing other songs that, I, that were off their album that I hadn't heard before. And I was like, man, I'm getting into this. This is really good. And everyone that rode with me, everyone that was in my car was like, oh, God, bring on Matchbox 20. These guys suck. And I was like, Okay, I don't really know that I want to be associated with any of you after this. Yeah, right? What is wrong with you? Yeah. So that, I was starting to get in a better mood listening to Soul Asylum. Yes. And then they just brought it right back to Rich is pissed. (laughs) So I spent all of Matchbox 20's concert Mm -hmm. just fucking angry. Yeah. As a result of that... Mm -hmm. Now, when I hear Matchbox 20, I get flash right back to that anger. <laughs> right back to it. Just that, <clears throat> I want to tear off your arm to have something to beat you with. I'm not thing. crazy. I'm just really mm. fucking pissed. Yeah. My name is Rich, and I'm really mad. Yeah. And the <laughs> Don't touch thing my is radio. My ma- the unfortunate thing is that my wife loves Matchbox 20. Nice. So <laughs> she's gone to several of their concerts yeah. here. Yeah, one recently, right? Yeah. Or upcoming. Um, no, one not too, too long ago. Yeah. And then another one upcoming soon. Okay. The last one she went to was Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Sorry, all those alternative, easygoing bands. Right, right. Together. Yeah. You okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. So that was my Soul Asylum story. I did see Soul Asylum live, and they were really good. But I ended up pissed before and after. So they are the one ray of light in an otherwise very, very anger-inducing and frustrating evening. A lot of bands are much better live. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the crazy part is like, you know, even bands that I didn't think I would get like really into, I end up seeing live. And um, um, the last concert I went to was of my most recent favorite band, a heavy metal band called Periphery. Nice. And they, uh, the people right in front of them were nothing more who had like the number one um, song on the charts at the time. Uh, yeah. For It was called um, um, This Is The Time, and it was like, it was pretty groovy and stuff. Um, it wasn't as hard rock progressive gent as Periphery was. Yeah. But by golly, if it, you know, um, they didn't put, man, they put on a really good show. They had a lot of showmanship. They had a bunch of drums all over the stage that the lead singer would help drum on and, 
Um, they had a very Slipknot vibe to them for that reason. And then the singer, just like their energy, everything about them was really, really, really good. Nice. Really good. And then we ended up getting hooked on them because of the concert. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I've had that happen quite a bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I'll see a band and be like, holy shit, these guys are awesome. Yeah. So then yeah, I'll run yeah. over to the merch booth and buy the CD and everything. Right. It's so funny we're talking yeah. about like bands and concerts because, and I don't think we've talked about this on the show before, because I um, did have incredible luck with my very first metal concert where Slipknot was headlining the Mayhem, the Rockstar Mayhem tour coming okay. through. Have I told you this story? I don't have think I talked so. about this story? I don't think I've told you this story because this is a really good one. But um, they were headlining the, the Rockstar stage. They had a bunch of other stages, too, because it was a festival. So all kinds of bands were at this, this um, outside of it was it's Comfort Dental now. It used to be Fiddler's Green. But outside, they had like two or three stages playing all the other bands. Right. Um, smaller bands that, you know, weren't Slipknot, Disturbed, Dragon Force, and Mastodon. Mastodon. Okay. Mastodon. <laughs> Masterdom. <laughs> Masturbation. Oh, um, yeah. And ending up on the main stage, right? So I actually ended up um, meeting up with my friends there, and we were just ch- chilling around, kicking it. And then um, a mutual friend that was there with that group of people, I'm hanging out with them, and these are all older friends because um, this is when I lived in the boonies. When I lived in the boonies, I was like 14, and I just hung out with older people like between 17 and 21. 22. Okay. And um, I met them at the concert, and I was just kind of like was quiet, but I hung around them. It was almost like a like a form of like a protection, b not being lonely, uh, mm. c just you know like having friends. And I had very I think I had like one friend in that age group that was like also like the same age. So I end up meeting them at the concert, and I just got a basic lawn ticket. I'm like I'll find people I know there, and I go by myself, and I end up you know um finding and hanging out with these guys. And they're like, come with us. And one of the girls, um, shout out to Pinky, wherever you are. Uh, that was her nickname. I don't know what her real name is at all. <laughs> Not even to <laughs> this day. for the best. But, um, yeah, potentially. And I don't, um, to this day, know. But, uh, boy, do I owe her. All right. Her dad drove one of the tour buses. Nice. She's like, come on, let's go. And they're all like, you know, come on, let's go. We're like, what? We start walking down the stairs towards the pit and she stops and talks to the security guard for a second. She's like, you know, pointing at all of us. She's like, she's like, okay. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, okay. And we all walk up and each of us gets a uh, wristband. Nice. To the pit. Awesome. Yes. (laughs) Sweet. So a clown of Slipknot drooled on me. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I was so close. (laughs) That's awesome. stage. That is like... It is the definitive concert experience. That's why I'm not in love with going to concerts anymore. Mm-hmm. Is because my very first experience was probably the best experience I'm ever gonna have. Yeah, uh, I was feet from Slipknot, free, feet from Disturbed, feet from Dragon Force, and boy, I've I I was literally feet from them playing through Fire and Flames. <laughs> nice. It was something else. And now I don't. I try not to go to concerts anymore. <laughs> yeah, me too. Unless I like really, really, really want to see someone because I don't want to pay for a lawn ticket and see it from afar. I went and saw Blink One Eighty Two and Weezer because Blink One Eighty Two had just come out of hiatus. Right. I was like, I'm not missing this. Are you kidding me? I love Absolutely. Blink One Eighty Two. You know what I mean? And I saw them. Boy, were they funny. Yeah. They are the funniest people. Yeah. That was my best concert experience. Nice. Anyways, but anyways, I've had several comfort concert experiences, and nowadays, yeah, concerts that I go to just don't measure up mm-hmm. and I don't feel like I don't if I go to a concert now I've got to put up with the drunk asshole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got to put up with 
the dumb shit in the second row that has decided to film the concert on his iPad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. iPad. Yep. Let alone if it's a smaller venue and people need to, like, you know, like, make space or right. they need to not be, you know, up and in your face and, you know. Um, I think that it's so funny that when you're putting up with people at concerts, too, there was a guy that almost got his ass beat at the periphery concert I went to because I went, um, some of the people I went to high school with were there mm. and we kind of like um, grouped together a little bit while we were there and there was one guy who was just drunk and like, he was purposely just like, he was delirious, he might have been on drugs too and he's like falling in and out and like on people and I remember pointing to him and going, that guy needs to go back here and the three of us that were sitting like back to back to back and we were not, we were pretty close to the stage for this one too end up reaching forward, grabbing this guy by his shirt because he's trying to, he's like slamming into people purposely. Right. It's not even the mosh pit. I'm like, that guy wants to mosh, which means he needs to go back there. And we reached up and I remember like us grabbing him and, and like taking him and like shoving him in the back. And five minutes later, he's back in front of us. Yeah. Somehow. He's just like a slippery little snake, like, mm-hmm. like the image of a cartoon snake. And he, I'm sure he just wiggled through the crowd and he's back at the front. And at one point, like my friend actually got super pissed at him and grabs him by the scruff, and they're like face to face, and I, and me and my other friend um, mm-hmm. Miguel, we're all of a sudden there with him, and Miguel's like, "Are you sure you want to do this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the to the drunk that was tr- about to uh, take a swing at our uh, mutual friend Joe, not yeah. the BFFF Joe, but a different Joe, right?" And then they ended up like disseminating immediately, but I think it's because that guy realized that he was about to fight three people and not just one that he was briefly mad at. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> let alone in a rock concert where if you leave with a bloody nose and a busted face, people are going to think that's normal. Right. But that is the nice thing about metal concerts and moshing and stuff, and it actually surprised the crap out of my wife. Really? Yes, because, well, I mean, she was ready to go to the concert. She's like, okay, and she's got her purse and flip-flops. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, put on shoes. And get a drawstring bag for all your stuff. Yeah. And we did. And she did that. She was like, wow, you were so right. Um, But some people would like mosh and people get knocked over. But she was very, very impressed by how quickly we picked those people up. Yeah. That we took care of those people. I remember one guy was like crowd surfing and, and he was about to fall into an area that was a gap behind me. And I was like, wonderful. And so I turned around and I basically carried this guy by myself on my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I turned around. I saw he was about to seriously get hurt if I didn't shoulder his weight. And I did. And I like yelled for my friends and I was like, keep this guy to the front. So security grabs him. And, you know, because people crowd surf to the front and then they get put in the barrier and then they go back around to the back and do it again. <laughs> yep. So I remember like literally having to carry this guy by myself. Yeah. So he didn't fall on his back from six feet and get hurt yeah. right behind me. And ruin the show yep. <laughs> because they will stop a show if someone is that hurt. Right. Pick them up. Keep them going. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a fun, 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 yeah. fun time. And yeah. then the headliners came out periphery. We were there for all the show right in the front. And then we started getting squished in the front. And my wife was lifted off the ground <laughs> yep. from the squeeze and said, nope, I'm done. And I said, fair enough. And I grabbed her and we left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Went girls to crowd surfing are just a very, very dangerous prospect. Yep. Yep, basically. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, it wasn't even like it, like crowd surfing so much as like we were being squeezed so much okay. that she got because the headliners were coming out and then everyone was pushing to the front, right? Because everyone was excited to see Periphery. And we start getting squeezed to the front, and then she got lifted off of her feet as a you know not yeah. as a crowd surfing way, but as a I'm literally getting squeezed as a so sardine. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Like being crushed, and she was like, "Nope, <laughs> this is enough for this is enough for Sarah." And I said, "Fair enough." Nice. Went to the side. Yep. <laughs> Uh, my first, 
my first mosh pit was actually my first concert. My sister took me with her to uh, Sloppy Palooza, which was a punk fe- punk music festival in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was not just... Uh, it was all these punk bands, but they were kind of doing... Their headliner was Sloppy Seconds. It was like a big punk band in Indianapolis, I think. Definitely big in Indy, possibly from somewhere else. Anyway, so they held this show that was like 12 punk bands. It was an all-day event thing, Mm -hmm. and it was in the uh, Indiana State Armory. That was the building that the venue was in. Dope. Okay, an armory is not built for sound. No, it's not. <laughs> at no. all. Mm-mm. So uh, I ended up with a pretty nasty case of tinnitus Yikes. after this. Yeah. And I realized the importance of earplugs at mm-hmm. a rock concert. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the show starts and I see the mosh pit and I'm just like, oh, there's no fucking way I'm going in that mosh pit. Because, I mean, there's dudes in this mosh pit that have the steel toes on with the studs coming out. You know, and the pointed studs on their shoulders and the big old fin, you know, mohawk type thing. And I was just like, oh, hell no. I'm going to I'll be destroyed in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my sister's friends also brought her little brother who was quite a bit smaller than me. This kid maybe came up to barely my shoulder and he came up, st- stood next to me. He was like, dude, you going in the mosh pit? And I was like, fuck, no, man, I'll I'll get destroyed in there. And he goes. I'm smaller than you, and I'm going in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Good luck." <laughs> and he comes, he goes in for like one set, and he comes back out. And he's like, "It's fine." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So the next set, I joined him in the mosh pit, and this yeah. is my first time in the mosh pit. And we're all just like, you know, thrashing around, yeah, exactly. shoving into each other. It's a as blast. long as it's not hardcore dancing. Yeah. Where people are throwing fists and kicks that will literally knock a person out. Right. Then it's fine. Yeah. We're all just like stomping and rushing in mm-hmm. a circle and mm-hmm. pushing off of each yeah, other. And it's a good time. It is. And then it's like safe mobbing. Yeah. That's what it is to music, let alone. Yeah. And then the shove came. Somebody on some side took it too far, I guess. And then there was this wave that just kind of pushed the entire mosh pit over yep mm-hmm. so i landed and a girl landed on me and her hand landed right on my crotch nice and i was like Ooh. oh no i was like okay this is where i die <laughs> because i'm on my back in a mosh pit this mm-hmm. is this is mm-hmm. the end for old rich here <laughs> and this girl just kind of pushes up with her other hand, she still has her hand on my crotch, but she's okay. not putting weight on. Yeah, she can't like she's. Being and she nice, looks at me, not smashing your crotch. And she smiles, and I was like, "Hi," and then she stands up and she holds her hand out, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I was like, oh shit!" You know, it was like this hand was coming down with all the rays of light, and the oh, you yeah, know, like, right. this is this is the savior <laughs> moment, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" So I grab her hand, and that's when I realized there's like five people behind me going, "Get him up!" And yep. they all picked me up and put me back on my feet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. awesome. And then we just kept moshing. Yes. It was, it was yes. a good time. It's odd how quick, like, you know, uh, for a group of people that just want to push each other and shove yeah. and basically be rude to music, how quick they are to make sure you don't get hurt either. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it was really crazy. It's but highly crazy. It's very fun. There was a band there. Um, 
called the uh, the Riverdales, I want to say is what they're called. But they were comprised mainly of members of the band Screeching Weasel mm-hmm. that had broken up before that. Oh. So the band Screeching Weasel broke up, and then a lot of the band went and became the Riverdales, and like one or two other members okay. did something else. Mm-hmm. Well, at this show was the Riverdales, mm-hmm. and that band, or that the band members that separated from Screeching Weasel mm-hmm. joined them on stage mm-hmm. for like one or two songs. So it was like a Screeching Weasel reunion. Oh. Now what's really funny is that a, one of the big awesome songs by Screeching Weasel mm-hmm. is a song called I Want to Be a Homosexual. Ooh. And the headliners, Sloppy Seconds, mm-hmm. one of their big songs is I Don't Want to Be a Homosexual. <laughs> so in this night, I heard, I want to be a homosexual, and then I heard, I don't want to be a homosexual. (laughs) Nearly back to back. Yeah. It was severely cool. It was great time, and that kind of cemented my love for punk and punk shows. That's good. That's good. Was it like, uh, was the Mosh Pit and Set shows any harder than the other during songs that are, I want to be a homosexual and not? Hard versus not hard. I, mean, I, would, was, I would think it would be a little harder in the pit when it was, when the, you want to be a homosexual. Whether or not you're shoving, but at least how hard you are thinking about homosexuality. It was it was relatively the same pacing and spirit. Oh, okay. So you, no one both. was in denial during I don't want to be a homosexual. They still like would mosh with a boner. Pretty much. Okay, cool. And these were not boner inducing songs at all. These were these were points supporting each stance so it was almost like seeing a political debate oh really (laughs) almost oh very nice like here's the points of being a homo here's the benefits of being a homosexual well i find that and here's the benefits of not being a homosexual i find that anyone that doesn't um anyone that uh doesn't hate homosexuality from a purely hateful point of view are actually just annoyed by homosexuality because of how many people have come at them trying to get them to be homosexual. I'm sure there's, like, many shades of gray in that debate, but, I mean, I can honestly say that, like, I've had, like, two or three, like, gay guys try to tell me I was gay in high school just because I was overly friendly, and I had to be very strict with them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to be like, huh, no, like, I can joke about this as much as I want, um, but also, no. <laughs> well, I want to be a homosexual is, was more about these guys that were, Overly masculine and mm-hmm. pushing the agenda mm-hmm. of being overly masculine. Mm-hmm. And if there was mm-hmm. somebody that was, if there was a guy that was a little too friendly with them or something, mm-hmm. then they would like shove them and call them an F word. The yeah, F yeah, yeah. word, mm-hmm. you know. Problematic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was more about these guys that were so homophobic, basically to shove the idea of homosexuality away from them. When really they're homosexual the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and just makes... denying their true nature. I saw a really funny meme that said, uh, <laughs> it's so funny, men were just calling themselves metrosexual when all it meant was that they smelled good and they were clean. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short. Pretty much. <laughs> Before we get off the, the, the um, mosh pit talk, though, yeah. uh, every school dance 
that I ever went to that I was with with my friends, you know, um, the BFFFF Joe and all those people, we would regularly go to the DJ booth. Now, keep in mind, this was, I mean, this was a decade ago, and these people still, um, hip-hop has been around for a long time, and, you know, yeah. the grinding and dancing of that hasn't really died away or anything like that. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and the kids just uh, bumping and grinding to the hip-hop music uh, always happened, especially them popular kids. And not that the band kids couldn't get down like that. We certainly right. did, but it was fun. And uh, once every school dance, we would go right up to the front, and um, we would put towards the bottom of the list, not near the top. We would put towards the bottom of the list. We would purposely go several spaces away. Yeah. And write down, down with the sickness. Nice. And I tell you, I didn't realize how many DJs out there did school dance gigs mm. and how many of them were good sports. <laughs> because every time we put down that song, it eventually came on. Nice. Right? And that long buildup sent all of these popular jocks <laughs> and popular kids into yeah. this frenzy of what's going on right now. This is just drums and guitar doing a very rhythmic da na 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 na, and you would just hear a <coughs> lot of us crazy kids in the back going whoa gather around yes that's exactly what happened nice. so um they would just kind of stop in their whole bump and grind circle and then um we would uh, stop in ours but we knew what was about to happen the girls would run Sorry. <laughs> the girls would run yeah <laughs> and then we would get together and just to start getting pumped up for it it would be building up to the ooh, ah, ah, ah. yeah and we would be walking in and, you know, just kind of like get get ready, just standing around. And, and we didn't wait for it to start. We just kind of like, what's going on? <laughs> just start walking into the circle, start shoving, push, push. pushing. Like, ready like, for the stomp. Yeah. And then go fucking nuts. <laughs> yes. I spewed. I was so excited about that. I'm sorry. Awesome. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and it was exactly what you would hope it would be. <laughs> nice. Awesome. That's all I have to say about moshing now. And concerts and homophobia. Yeah. We don't need to. Do we need to talk about homophobia in every episode? Because I feel like we do, almost. It came. It came up organically. It this did. Time. No, it always does. So it wasn't a. We don't appreciate people that are homophobic ever. No. No. Mm. No. 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 Anyway, so I hope anyone that's this deep into our show has gained that from us. I would hope so. Already, <laughs> I would hope so. Basically. But my follow-up concert to that was uh, Lollapalooza 95. So, like, two weeks later, after Sloppy Palooza, I went mm-hmm. to Lollapalooza in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was, you know, Sonic Youth and uh, Hole. This was the episode where my sister almost beat the shit out of Courtney Love. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? She, uh... All right, so Lollapalooza, it was, well, I guess it... Well, who doesn't want to beat the shit out of Courtney Love? Kind of <laughs> still is. Yes. Um, she, uh, it's a music festival that is an all-day thing, and there's three stages, mm-hmm. and the main stage has all the big headlining bands, like, you know, for 95, I want to say it was Sonic Youth and Mighty Mighty Boston's, and that might have been 94, actually. Yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. I, I think it was 94, possibly. Not one hundred percent. Anyway, so um, my sister was at one of the secondary sh- stages watching a band called um, Geraldine Fibbers, and while she w- so she was at this stage watching this band and everything, and I was kind of wandering around, and 
I just went and checked out Mighty Mighty Boston's. I was like, oh, they're cool, you know, went and checked out something else. And then uh, my sister comes up to us, and she was just like, because we had seats in the World Theater, mm-hmm. the World Music mm-hmm. Theater in Chicago. I think it's probably named after Swim Corporation mm-hmm. by this point. Anyway, so she comes and finds us at our seats, and she was like, I just almost beat the shit out of Courtney Love. And we are like, what? And she goes, I was watching this band, and as I was headed back, they get, like, totally shouldered by this blonde chick, and she went, get the fuck out of my way. And I almost spun around to hit her, and then I realized that it was Courtney Love, and the only reason I didn't hit her is because she was holding Francis Bean. <laughs> Who's Francis Bean? That would be her child with Kurt Cobain. Oh. Yes. Francis Bean Cobain. Looks just like her. Yeah. Which is a funny yeah, thing. Yeah, she is now an adult. That's how long ago this was. It's over 20 years oh, ago. Oh, jeez. I Googled Courtney Love's imagery because oh. I wanted to see if there were any pictures of her that she didn't look strung out. Um, This was a time when she was kind of hit or miss. Okay. Duly noted. I mean, that makes more sense. she was about to make 200 cigarettes with uh, Paul Rudd. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I actually pulled up this article because it was really interesting. Um, when we talked about the Harvey Weinstein thing, did I bring up what Courtney Love said? I think so. Because it was a really interesting clip, but they have the quote right here. And they said, do you have any advice for a young girl moving to Hollywood? She said, mm, I'll get libeled. Libeled. Libeled if I say it. Yeah, libeled if I say it. Love began. If Harvey Weinstein invites you to a private party in the Four Seasons, don't go. Jeez. There's yeah. a there's a reason she's like also like blacklisted from Hollywood. Maybe right. for it this was her is probably like this. That. It's a it's a it's a, a a really interesting. This she said that in 2005. Yeah. This continued that for was kind 13 of the, years. It was already a thing so well known that she could say it out loud like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> not to get on the Harvey Weinstein thing. I just think yeah, it's highly yeah. interesting that that happened. Right. <laughs> and it yeah. continued for 13 years. Because, I mean, she was, she was in quite a few movies, and she was actually decent in the movie she was in. Really? Yeah. Was like, she an actress or was she? Because I don't know anything about her outside of the fact that she had issues with drugs. But she had, who in Hollywood doesn't, apparently? She had issues with drugs. She um, was with Kurt Cobain. She was married to Kurt Cobain, came up with Kurt Cobain. The only reason right. we know of her is because of her connection to Kurt Cobain. And when he died, that's when she took off, especially as an actress and a musician. Okay. Mm like it wasn't until Kurt Cobain was dead that whole her band started booking big events. Oh, jeez. So, um she was in The People versus Larry Flint as uh Larry Larry Flint's wife mm-hmm. and she was very good in that. I mean, she almost got nominated, I think, for her performance in that. Really? Yeah. Now it helps that she was playing a character who was strung out. But <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah, but it worked out, and she did well. Um, And she was in a movie called 200 Cigarettes, which was kind of a a movie that pairs up a bunch of different stories into one big storyline. Okay. And a lot of people were in it. I mean, she was in it. Paul Rudd was in it. uh, Dave Chappelle 
was in it. Um, mm. The Goldie Hawn daughter chick. I can't remember her name. Okay. <laughs> she was in it. Um, Jay Moore. Okay. Lots of people in this movie. Okay. Very good movie, and she was good at that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she was actually a decent actress. Right, 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 right. And then she just vanished. She just, like, disappeared, and I, it was around that time. So I'm really glad you didn't hit her. Yeah. That would have been a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. So my sister avoided hitting her because she was carrying Kurt Cobain's child literally in her arms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or at least your sister. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I know you had things you wanted to talk about this episode. We just like totally went on a tangent there. To that's fine. That that's fine. Oh, we can keep going fun. with that. I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, the... The following concert was Lollapalooza 95, 96, something like that. I never Whichever one that Metallica headlined. Mm. And that was a crazy, crazy, dangerous shit show. Oh, really? Just. Why? Well, um, first off, allow me to lubricate here. The, it was supposed to be at the World Music Theater. But because there was so many punk and hard rock bands playing this, they didn't get their permit. Okay, the surrounding community said, no, we're not going to do this here. So they couldn't book the World Music Theater, but they had already sold all these tickets for the show at the World Music Theater. But all the surrounding community petitioned and they said, sorry, we can't do it. So, the venue moved from World Music Theater right outside of Chicago. Oh, nearly smack dab in Chicago, but right outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To Rock, Rockdale, Illinois. It was on a farm in the middle of nowhere, wow. Illinois. This was such late notice to the venue change. That we had to listen to the radio on the way to the concert to get directions to where it was. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. Three days before the show, they said, venue change. It's going to be in Rockdale, Illinois. (laughs) So traveling to the show went from 45 minutes Uh to four and a half hours. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Now, I was driving, mm-hmm. and all my friends were going. Mm-hmm. So there was seven of us yeah. going to the show. And I was I was like, well, I'll drive. I'll drive the minivan. Oh, no. You know, my yeah. mom was like, yeah, you can take the minivan. Cool. Yeah. So I had room for everybody. So my one buddy was like, hey, I'm going to drive, too. You know? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, cool. And my one buddy was like, well, since it's such a long drive, maybe we should... Go there, find a campground near there, and camp, and then come back the following morning. Oh. And I was like, that's a stellar idea. Let's do that. Yes. So everybody asks their parents, hey, can we go camping Mm -hmm. after the show and come back the next morning? And they're like, yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I asked my mom. My mom's like, no. You're coming back after the show. You're bringing my minivan back. Oh, wow. Since my, I tell my friends, sorry, guys, my mom said I have to come back that night. Mm-hmm. 
so my buddy that had the idea to camp, he was like, well, I'll, I'll take, you know, a bigger vehicle instead. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. looking into running a car. Right. Well, once everybody else's parents found out that I was coming back and there was an option to come back that uh. night, they all reversed and said, if somebody's coming back, you're coming back with them. So all of a sudden, my one buddy who had the idea to camp and we were all on board with it, because of my parents saying no, everybody reversed on it. He got so fucking pissed at me. I bet. He was screaming at me over the phone, and I was like, dude, what do you want me to do? Yeah, right. This wasn't my call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But because he had exploded like that, and mm-hmm. everybody else understood the situation, mm-hmm. but because he exploded like that, yeah. on the way to the concert, no one rode with him. They all rode with me. Oh, jeez. So he's in the car by himself behind us as we're going. We get to the show. Now, we had been up pretty much the whole night before. That's a long four and a half hour drive to Seve and kind of think that everyone hates you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, this was, no, everybody was awesome. Right. You know, except him. And, you know, I'm sure he did have a long drive by himself thinking about being a Mm shitheel. But uh, the show was great. I mean, there was so many bands that were just awesome on the docket. There was Rancid, Soundgarden. Metallica, um, Cheap Black Trick. Sun, won't yeah. you come? And um, just all these awesome, awesome acts. But we left at like 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get to bed till like 2 a.m. So I'm having to drive everybody on like three hours sleep and then go to a 12-hour rock concert and then drive the four hours back. Mm-hmm. So I was just like... I w- by the end of it, I was like frayed nerves and just mm-hmm. s- pretty much running on caffeine and nicotine. But <laughs> we go to the show. It's an awesome show. Between Soundgarden and the main headliner, which would be Metallica, mm-hmm. they didn't time it out right. Mm. So Metallica wanted to come on when it was dark, and they refused to come on until it was dark. Oh, gosh. So they weren't touching that stage until after sundown Soundgarden finished at like 520 sundown was closer to 745 so there is this two and a half hour break between acts you got a shit ton of people that are trying to maintain their buzz for Metallica. People are starting getting restless. Plus, I wonder how many people went, well, Metallica would be nice, but I have a four and a half hour drive ahead of me. <laughs> no one. No one? Pretty much everybody at this show bought the ticket to see Metallica. What year was this? I want to say it was 95. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. Because Metallica was definitely exploding then. Yeah, this was right when they had come back with Fuel. Ah, there you go. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the majority of the people there were for Metallica. There were others that were there for the festival and to see Rancid and everything. And they're like, yeah, I'll stick around and see Metallica. You know, how often are you going to get the chance to see Metallica? After an hour of no music, nothing on the stage, you start hearing people screaming about their frustrations. (laughs) And then the first bottle flew. 
Now, here's the thing. At this farm in the middle of nowhere, you don't have really running water to get fresh water, and it's a hot day. and So everybody is selling and drinking bottled water. There are tons and tons of plastic bottles everywhere. Oh, jeez. And people who don't want to miss something will recycle their bottles, Mm -hmm. especially since the porta-potties are horrifying and plastic bottles are so plentiful. This is the beginning of the bottle rain, as it comes to be known. First bottle gets thrown. Then the next one. Pretty soon, you can't look up without seeing plastic just blocking the sky. Seriously? So, I was like, oh, holy shit, there are a lot of bottles being thrown here. And I I may have thrown a couple bottles myself. <laughs> I didn't get nervous until I hear, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck was that? And I looked down, and it was an empty uh, bootleg of wild turkey. Somebody threw a glass bottle. Oh. And it just missed my head. Here we go. Just missed it. I heard and felt the whoosh right by my head. Metallica, Soundgarden, Ramones, Rancid, Shallon, Monks, Screaming yeah. Trees. Psychotica. Psychotica yeah. was awesome. Main stage on selected dates, Rage Against the Machine. Rage was not there. That sucks. Um, <laughs> Cheap Trick was there. Nice. Okay, sorry. Continue. Anyway. So, so um, it was 96. Yeah. So these That's bottles crazy. are just whipping through the air. Now, me and my friends get the idea to pick up our lawn blanket that we were sitting on and essentially create an umbrella so that none of us get conked in the head with the glass bottle. Nice. So there's four of us at four different corners holding out the blanket Winne- as tight as we can. Winnebago County Fair- Fair- Fairgrounds? In Rockford, Illinois. There we go. Rockford, Illinois, not Rockdale. That's so cool. Sorry, continue. Yes. So we're holding the blanket taut out away from us so that it creates kind of an umbrella. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, as we're holding this, there are fights to get under our blanket. Are you serious? The crowd around us is like pushing and pulling people holy moly out from under the blanket you can so make this can into like there. you can make this into a uh, um you can make this into a <laughs> movie of like it, like a uh, what is it called uh, an apocalyptic setting movie yeah like a, <laughs> well you're like trying to survive is this yeah. it this um, is that concert i don't remember across this is 96 maybe it was a different stage well i remember oh, across no, for psychotica yeah yeah that's what it was yeah it was a stage for it looks, Yeah, it looks... Yeah, that looks like it. Wow. You were there. You were here somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. How cool would it be if we found you right now? <laughs> oh, that'd be, that'd be so weird. It would be, the, like, the weirdest. Yeah. And whoever put this up did not do a good job taking well, footage. Well, to be fair, this is... This is just zoomed in backs of heads. This is VHS that era. Too. That, too. There is no digital recording yet. I'm in love with the fact that yeah. you're enshrined <laughs> potentially somewhere. Here. Potentially, well, oh, that's, they're zooming no, that's in not Knoxville, Tennessee. Anyway, that's so. not. That's not. Is there. it? Oh, yeah. you're right. Never mind. You're not here. Whatever. So, I'm gonna exit. That was a different one, but th- I mean, this was a tour that went on all, all that summer, so mm-hmm. it was all across the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so I'm me and three other people under the blanket are the only ones not getting fucked with by the crowd. Oh god. And it's because we're the ones holding the blanket. We are the posts. Mm-hmm. So you don't fuck mm-hmm. with the posts, otherwise the whole umbrella comes down. Yes, exactly. <sighs> so one guy goes to, he grabs me. He's like, oh, shit, sorry, because he realizes I'm the one holding it. And people are literally just mobbing and shoving. Yes, to get under Weird. the blanket because there's so many bottles in the air getting thrown that they don't want to get hit with these bottles. Yeah, it's dangerous. And I'm looking out because I'm, you know, coincidentally or by design, mm-hmm. you choose. Mm-hmm. Me and my three friends, we were the tallest of our group. Mm-hmm. So we were the supporters. Holding the, yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking out, and I can see over people because we're on a slight incline, and there's, you know, I'm tall. So there's other people that had the same idea. There's maybe like six or seven other blanket umbrellas across, and there's a mob all around them. And there's just bottles raining down all over the place. Now, because we were holding the blanket so tight, these bottles were just bouncing off uh-huh. of our blanket. Uh-huh. Just a trampoline effect. So, it's understandable that people are fighting because they're getting smacked with residual bottles. It's, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was crazy. That happened twice inside the two and a half hour window between Soundgarden and Metallica. It is a long time to wait, too. Yeah, it is a long, long long-ass time to wait. You could almost get through the Fellowship of the Ring. Almost. Waiting that long. Yeah. So, finally, sun goes down, lights on the stage come up, people calm the fuck down, and Metallica comes on the stage. Somebody hits James Hetfield with a bottle. Oh, my God. He gets pissed. Yeah, I would, too. He says... True fans of Metallica, find that motherfucker and get him. <laughs> and they did. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> Whoever was around that guy, I feel bad for him. Yeah, because for that guy, because they all just turned and went the fuck, boom. And yeah, yeah. There's no that guy didn't pummel the shit out of him. Wow, wow. Well, that's what you get for throwing a bottle. Yeah, someone. So because all. they waited until sundown, I didn't. The show didn't end until like 11 p.m. So wonderful. Keep in mind, we were up at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. and now it's 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah And I yeah, still yeah. got to drive four and a half hours. To get everyone back home. By the time I got home, after dropping everyone off, got back home myself and got to bed, it had been 25 hours since I last slept. That'll do it. (laughs) With a hot-ass 15-hour music festival in the middle of that ring. Just how these things work sometimes. Yeah. How these things work sometimes. That was the beginning of my burnout for live music events. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, people get so stupid at live yeah. events and people just like, you know, it's astonishing how little people care about each other and each yeah. other's well-beings when certain things come into play. It's outstanding. Well, and now I get the whole hipster, small venue idea, the whole movement yeah, there. Yeah. I don't get the attitude of... I knew those guys before. They were awesome. Yeah. You guys are posers now because I knew of them before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't get that. No, well, that's just people getting upset that they don't have exclusivity anymore. You know what I, I mean? I think that it's people getting upset that they can no longer see 
a band that is awesome mm-hmm. for ten dollars yep. at a local club. Yep, now true. they have to put up with over nine thousand other dipshits that decide they want to get drunk, be morons, <laughs> and watch this band. I get it. So that's what I think it is. I don't think it's the whole. It, it's more like you fuck. You ruined my intimate music experience by making these people superstars. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, it is it is what it is. Um so many music groups come and go anyway. There's really only a top few who yeah, go up, remain up and, you know, yeah, stay there. Enshrined in all time. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, we all thought, you know, we all thought uh, um, Jet was going to be around a while. Uh, Macklemore <laughs> and Ryan Lewis, where are they even? I think yeah. Iggy Azalea just put out a new album. Yeah. I was listening to it. Not so good. Yeah. Um, Not that any of it was that well, good in the first place, but it's funny. It's just, you know, yeah. Time's cyclical. We're now in that era of one hit wonders almost. Where everybody's got their one big one, and they're capitalizing on that as much as possible. We're talking to you, Thrift Shop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then just vanishing. Vanishing. Still trying, but still, but they're failing to recapture that magic that really brought that one song to the foreground. Where is Macklemore? He's from Kent, Washington. Oh, well, I didn't. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know. There he is. Oh, there he is. He's right there. Look at him. He's yeah, look at him. Oh, they made a second album yeah. in 2017. I didn't even know that. Yeah, everybody know. knew about that it's one. 2018. The press. tour began. He's touring right now. No, it concluded August 5th. Never mind. He's not touring. He's no longer touring. Hopefully, he's making a new He's I'll probably making a new one. I don't know. Well, I'm kind of excited for the future of music. Same. Especially because of today's political climate. Just the the time of the one-hit wonders was big with new wave, especially like in the late 80s. Okay, yeah. And a lot of that was in response to Reagan and Reaganomics. Really? Oh, yeah, he, changed quite a bit he had quite an impact i didn't know that and now we're getting the trump era yeah and a lot of the people who are upset or hurt or in some way traumatized by this administration Mm -hmm. if they have any talents at all they're going to become the artists Mm -hmm. that make the next wave Mm -hmm. of just awesome thought-provoking music it's it's also true Yes. That's the thing. Pain breeds art. So, as much as it sucks for those involved, I'm so glad that people are getting traumatized so that we can get some awesome yeah, art right? in the future. Some good music, yeah. yeah. It's funny that you say that because I was like kind of thinking about it in retrospect and and the more I think about it the more I'm just kind of like coming to this conclusion that um Donald Trump is actually a scapegoat like a gigantic scapegoat mm-hmm. for how bad our government is screwing everything up right now. <laughs> well, 
the fact that he's in office kind of like uh, accentuates this point <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that if a guy like that can get it, he doesn't know what he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing. Oh, Everyone knows it. And the fact that he's there and we were able to elect him just points out that our government's just joking around like they cannot get a rein on the things that they think they've set up. (laughs) Nobody likes him. They don't like him. We don't like him. Why is he there? Why is he there? Sorry, Trump. (laughs) We know you had some ideas and things you're going for. I mean, he, you know, he was able to just nix a lot of the things that, you know, um, Obama did initially, but now that we're two years in and we have an all-democratic house, they're just going to put a stopper on literally everything he was already doing. You know what I mean? There were obviously things he was trying to do, like he was trying to, like, you know, (coughs) that travel ban that screwed with so many people. I mean, that judges put that to a halt. Easy. Like, it didn't work, and our government worked in that instance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I hadn't uh, interesting exchange this week related to policies on immigration. Ooh, geez, yeah. And it's difficult when you are an island of one on things of that nature. Right. I mean, I don't want to... I mean, I don't really want to take anything political, but I guess I'm about well, to I mean, for a second. You can always just make it short because, I mean, we talk about a lot of things on every episode. Right. This one's been pretty fun in terms of telling stories about concerts. Right. You know? Well, here's my short little bit about it, okay? Mm-hmm. I won't keep it alive. My, my, my view on immigration mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that we need to streamline the process to become a citizen mm-hmm. and make make people who want to be American citizens, Mm -hmm. American citizens faster Mm -hmm. and better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and the point that came about this week was that somebody mentioned that millennials are having less children than in generations past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, they can't afford them. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you know, what's going to happen to our country as our population dies off? And I was like, Immigration. Yeah, ain't that the truth. And they all kind of went, well, then, you know, then we'll be fucked because all these people are going to come in. And it's <laughs> it's not going to be America anymore. And I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we should open the borders and let everyone in, anyone who wants to be a citizen. And he's yes. like, and this guy was like, well, then we'll get all these criminals and crime will go up and all that. And I was like, no. Shut up. I'm like, no. Shut up. We need people immigrants to come here that want to be American citizens and we need to make them American mm-hmm. citizens as soon as possible because if somebody comes here and wants to be a citizen they're going to be proud of America they're yep. going to take pride in their country yep. and they are going to actively work to yep. make America a place to be proud of it's such if you keep them on the outside they're going to keep hitting at you. It's so funny. It's it's such unbridled racism that, you know, people don't realize that they're keeping alive when they when they insinuate that just because someone comes here that they would be a criminal. So you mm-hmm. go, they're going to get here and they're going to be a criminal. It's like, uh, no. Exactly. Well, maybe if we give them some options when they get here, let them work. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Think about people go, oh, they're going to get here and be criminals. Um, Yeah, because – and then let me guess, your next bitch is going to be that they're stealing all the jobs. If they're criminals, why would they be taking any jobs here? <laughs> right. They would be robbing <laughs> for people that have jobs. It's just yeah, exactly. It's not it, – the argument is never founded. It's never well, basic. Yeah, no, but you should be able to walk in the door and get a you know green card. Be good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean there should be a screening process and everything to be like, you know, Absolutely. why do you, you want to be here? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is it about – America that makes you want to be a citizen mm-hmm. and then evaluate based on that answer. If they're just like, look, I'm tired of my government not taking care of me, not taking care of <laughs> basically me, not listening to me. It's I'm tired scary. of not being able to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I have to do it mm-hmm. this way. Yeah. Because of a dictator or whatever. Exactly. And, uh, he was like, so you would just open the borders and let everyone in? And I was like, it's better than fighting them. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you... Mm-hmm. And uh, that was one of those... Oh, man, I'm I'm getting, I'm about to get in rant mode. I got to calm down. But anyway, there was a video going around about how France was being overrun by Muslim refugees as a result of this most recent war in Iraq. All the civilian population that was running away from the war was headed to France or Greece or Italy or any of those. That's part of the subject matter in um 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 John uh, John, John Wick, not John no, Wick. Not sorry, John Wick. Uh, you know what I mean. The TV show. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was that? Show? Why can I not remember his last name? Uh, but you know, it's usually clear and present danger. The hunt for red. Oh, October. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Thank you. Yes. Okay. That's part of the subject matter in there was analyzing. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's this there's this propaganda video going around there saying that Muslims were just fleeing to all of these countries right along mm-hmm. the Mediterranean. Yeah. Because they were fleeing the war. Mm-hmm. So they're headed into Europe and they're hitting Portugal and France and Italy and Greece mm-hmm. and all this. Mm-hmm. And they're being overrun by refugees. And the the content of the video was about shifting French culture away from French because the Muslims now outnumber the French and they are going to impose their will in this democracy, which might very well be the case. But I when I saw this video and my the person showing it to me was push he was like isn't that scary that's why i want our borders closed and i was like okay here's the thing you're failing to get these refugees coming in are bringing their children children that are going to now be in a french school they are going to be subject to a french government these are not muslim governments these are truly democratic governments this is a truly democratic school the education in their country before was muslim it's centered on muslim it's centered on that idea so as is the government the government is religious based because it's tyrannical and the the tyrant happens to be a muslim so he's going to impose the muslim laws and everything like that makes sense now in a truly democratic government they don't give a shit about your religion. No. They give a shit about what's right for everyone. Right. And there's certain laws that are in place that are, you know, going to happen. And, right. you know, um, are we 
going to uh, sentence of okay, so yeah, we're getting a bunch of Muslims moving into yeah. France. Say we we're, we we might have Muslims move in here to America. Um, just because they're voting, does that mean that we're suddenly going to vote to make it legal for a woman to be killed because she was raped? No. No. Right. There's a reason they're coming here is because we don't put up with that bullshit here. Exactly. We don't have that shit here. How would you feel if your daughter was up on the chopping block for execution because she got raped? Exactly. These things happen. Or to get lashed. Yeah. To get caned, to get oh my god, like yeah. and, well, and oh, but they're coming to change us, yeah, because we're gonna start beheading women who get raped. Well, and these kids are gonna start getting educated outside of their religion, yeah, which is going to if they get into that education and start doing their research and their mm-hmm. reading and they mm-hmm. start expanding mm-hmm. their mind, they're going to go away from that thinking. They're gonna go yeah. away from that church. Yeah. There may still be the Muslim idea, but it is not going to be the extremist mm-hmm. Muslim idea that we keep hearing about. Mm-hmm. Okay? They might frown upon a woman who walks around with her head uncovered, but they're not going to say she cannot go out in public like that. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Okay? They're not going to say she cannot expose her face on the street. They might see her face on the street and be like, mm, I don't know if I agree with that. But it's not going to be the indoctrinated law that they no. grew up under. No. Mm-hmm. So my argument <laughs> was that my argument was that Muslim refugees don't turn you into a Muslim country. Muslim refugees create American citizens that happen to be Muslim. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually... Um, some of these people come over here and they they learn how to li- live peacefully. They learn how to live without judging people. They learn freedom of speech. They learn um not to be sexist and racist. And maybe they go back and start instituting a better way of life there. Exactly. And then we don't have to worry about who's what and where and how. Exactly. That was a fun five to ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. It's okay. I didn't no. mean to take it p- political. It just kind of. No, I was okay. just like. Well, I mean, you know, with so. like a perfect circle coming out yeah. this this you know um, yeah. this last year too. I mean, they really yeah. incited. It's really funny because we uh, and we were talking about music. I saw a lot of people were talking about all the music they listened to this year, and a perfect circle pops up in a lot of places. Oh yeah. I didn't realize how much how big that was with they came back. Yeah. That and eat the elephant. This, oh. mm-hmm, that whole album. It just suddenly such just a good album. That's I'm glad you liked it. I'll give it another try just for oh, you. Oh yeah. Well, there's one song on there that the end of it it just kind of oh boy did it sum everything up. There's a song called The Doomed. Doomed. And it's about it's about the pol- current political climate and everything. And it brings up the the big point that everybody's realizing except for the government. And that is that mm-hmm. this is not a race issue. This is a class issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that it's it doesn't matter what race or color you are. It matters how much you're worth. So true. And so the last line of the song is the doomed or fucked. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Is it like, is it, uh, is it weird that I like, 
I was actually thinking about it, and I feel like if I had a disposition as any kind of, because my mother-in-law asked me on a Facebook post um, when I was talking about the uh, the the voting thing and my first time voting. And my mother-in-law asked me, like, are you a Democrat? And I'm like, you would love for me to say that I'm a Democrat or a Republican, wouldn't you? <laughs> she said, no, moderate. Because <laughs> I'm so very in the middle. But, <laughs> the more, like, if you if I had to level my, like, what? This is almost, like, this is almost, like, bad to say. But, um, and I feel like there's a little bit of this in everyone. But, I mean, uh, I think anarchy is needed. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that until we march, if we as a people march on our government and say, hold on, we're resetting things, it's not going to happen. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's, if I had a choice right now, if they could say, what kind of uh, government do you want right now? I would say, um, hold on one second. And then I would go for three hours, buy everything I needed to survive in an anarchy. <laughs> and I would come back and be like, anarchy, boom. <laughs> Let's go. Not like destroying the world anarchy. So much as, like, get rid of the civil unrest, let those who, you know, like, uh, thrive in goodness and rightness thrive and be yeah. better. But, you know, it depends. It's not, you well, know, not from a chaos point of view, but in terms of resetting the government point of view. Yeah. You know well, I mean? the, the issue is that we are we are go- now going to the extreme level of capitalism. Yeah, we are. We're, in a, we're a capitalist society. It's that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And so we're still living under the illusion of a democracy when really it's just an oligarchy. Yeah, the rich. Yep, yep. Very, very, so very true. So the oligarchy is controlling things. Too. Yeah. That's why we have President Trump. Yes. It's because he was available for the cheapest price. It's so true. To the highest bidder. And it's so funny in, in retrospect because, you know, I would love for a person like us mm-hmm. working multiple jobs or working the same job and making ends meet but barely to suddenly become president i would love that yeah. instead we have a guy who says my father gave me a small loan of a million dollars a million dollars is such a sm- like small amount of money to them mm-hmm. such a small amount of money some of us mm-hmm. Don't make a million dollars if we save every penny we've ever made. Mm-hmm. Oligarchy. Yeah. If you don't know what an oligarchy is, uh, look it up because that's what we are. We are not yeah. a democracy. No. We are an oligarchy. No. Plain we're, and simple. We're an oligarchy under the illusion of democracy. That's why socialism gets yeah. talked so badly about because in a socialist, in an equal socialist government, there the rich don't stand a chance because it's more about the power of the people than it is about the power of the dollar. You think if that were the case that you would be well off because mm-hmm. you're rich. Ah. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, not didn't you want to talk about neighbors? Talk about indeed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This episode before it gets to. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sorry, last it's my episode. job to keep an eye on how long this is going gotcha. this gotcha. time because yes. Brian's not here. So last episode you brought up about uh, neighbors being audible to during their sexual escapades. Mm-hmm. And that brought to mind my one neighbor experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was going, and after the episode, I was like somewhat recounting it to you guys. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you need to save that for a show. Yep, 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 yep. So um, when my wife and I first moved here, we moved into a duplex. And we were on one side, and there was another couple on the other side, and they had the occasional roommate. 
So they would occasionally bring in a third person to be in their third bedroom. But on our side, it was just me and the wife and all of our menagerie of animals. So we got we got in close with this other couple that lived next door to us, you know, because they were cool, you know. We I'd hang out on the porch and smoke, and he'd come out and hang out on the porch and talk to me while I smoked, and he'd smoke, and she would come out on the porch and hang with me while I was smoking and all this stuff, you know. So, and you're all around the same age and everything, so we were pretty tight. Shared a Thanksgiving or two. It was, it was good times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... You know, we lived in that house for three years, as did they, and we kind of moved out at the same time. So they moved elsewhere, we moved elsewhere. Kind of lost touch after that, mm-hmm. didn't really keep in contact. And after a few years, the guy part of the equation um, got contacted by my wife. My wife was going through old photos and saw a picture of him that she had taken because he... <laughs> He got into an altercation with a neighbor on the other side and left them a note, <laughs> a big ass note that was written on a drafting board. Awesome. That was hilarious. So she awesome. took a picture of him holding this and he like set it up in front of their door so they could see nothing but this when they walked out. <laughs> hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was going through her photos and she found this. So she went to look for him mm-hmm. and she ended up finding him on social media, you know, mm-hmm. somehow. And she she was like, I wonder if his number is the same. So she texted the number that she had in there, and the number was the same. Mm-hmm. But he didn't recognize her number. He was like, uh, yeah, this is Interesting. person. Okay. Who is this? And she was like, oh, it's Christy. I used to live next to you a few years ago. And he was like, oh, my God. So this opened up the communication between the two of them. And, you know, they're just kind of friendly texting back and forth. And she, you know, how are you guys doing? No, we're great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we split up, whatever. The anticipation is killing me. Kind of thing. So after a few exchanges, he says, I got to be honest. I could hear you and Rich through the wall, and it turned me on so much. Oh, God. And... My wife is like, oh, my God. And I was like, what? And she shows me. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> he, could hear, he could hear us and he never said a word. Never said a word. He never mentioned it in the three years that we lived next door to one another. And there's so many things that you said in, in mid-coitus. Never. Never said so a word. So many things you said, like, get that fish out of me. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and... <laughs> You know, when we got married, you know, my wife got a sweater. I got a screamer. So I know we were heard through this wall. It's so funny <laughs> to hear a deep, rich voice on the other side of the wall going. <laughs> You're like, that? Oh! it's too big. Get it out of me. <laughs> the toilet brush was a horrible idea. Why did we do this? <laughs> Bristle scratch, not tickle. <laughs> Ooh, the feather was good. Now use the whole chicken. Just Yeah. Yeah. I have a funny uh, friend told me once that, like, yeah. uh, his girlfriend was dirty talking for the first time. <laughs> and uh, they shall remain anonymous for this ep- yeah. this story. But uh, they said they <laughs> that she was, she was, she, they were practicing dirty talking and she, she said, you like that dick? <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
It's funny to laugh about something like a fart mid-sex and then oh, just yeah. stop. Yeah. <laughs> You're no, just like laughing, saying something are, stupid. Those are truly the most memorable of sexy times. Mm-hmm. Is it's when it wi- ends with something funny. Is when you do something retarded or hilarious in the middle and you both have to stop mm-hmm. and laugh. Yeah. And then maybe get back to it, but yeah, possibly maybe. just keep laughing. Yeah, because like, you know, I don't know, like, or like for me, like, I don't like pain at all. Like, I'm yeah. not into BDSM, anything like right. that. So if you jam into a hard place, I'm like, done. Yeah. I'm like, whoop. You know, it's not because I'm in pain. It's because like it literally turned me off. Like, I will go from like erect to <coughs> flaccid and nothing. Right. From too much pain. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he says this to her and she's like, oh, shit. And she was like, how do I respond? And I was like. I don't know. Sorry about that. I I don't. Yeah, I right. don't know how how do, you how, how do you respond to that? Uh, you don't. And she <laughs> she just her her response was so. You want to fuck rich? <laughs> no, it was so sure, yeah. ambiguous and open ended that it didn't stop it there. Right. Yeah. Definitely. She just kind of went. Oh, really? Yeah, oh God. <laughs> In text. Like, oh God, no. <laughs> there is there is no way there 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 really is no way to imply tone in a text. Not without emoticons or something. Exactly. It sounded like it happened a little longer than uh, right. emoticons. So ago. she just kind of went, Emojis. Oh, really? Right. Which with no like extra punctuation. So it just literally said, Oh, really? Question mark. Which could have been taken as, oh, really? Yeah, exactly. Winky face. Yeah. And I guess that's how he took it. Cause, uh, you could have said, sorry. He, <laughs> that's how you turn that off. Kind you know, of. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Right. But at that point, if you're expecting the next thing, it would be he like, started. He started sending videos to her of uh, self-pleasure. And himself and self presence. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. As in, this is what you did to me, kind of. This is what the sound of you did to me, kind of thing. How do you? He showed. Yeah, he showed um, polishing to completion. I guess. Oh wow. Didn't want to see him because. You know, I know the guy. I like the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't. You don't want to see that. I don't want to see, see that. I know you and I love you. I don't want to yeah, see that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, would it be interesting? I mean, yeah, totally. Could <laughs> we be on naked camping together? Probably. Maybe. Is it? I mean, Who it knows? wouldn't be. Yeah. You know, we don't. We don't have to give it a shot. Polish <laughs> to completion. Yeah. I'm just saying. So, she. So she was like, "Oh, okay." Kind of mm-hmm. her re- her reaction to the video with me was much different than her reaction to the video that she sent to him because she didn't want to embarrass him or upset him mm-hmm. like i said he's a nice guy we like him he's mm-hmm. you know he's nice he's funny he's never done anything explicitly to us to think otherwise you know yeah so she didn't really respond in a way that would make him think that he had a shot but she also didn't mm-hmm. respond to him in a way that made him think that there was no way in hell and uh, so it was like, you know, we should all get together sometime and hang out. We haven't mm-hmm. we haven't seen each other in years, you know, and yeah. I was like, it's like, oh, that'd be fun. You know, what do you want to do? You want to make maybe go bowling or something? My wife was like, yeah, that might be fun. Mm-hmm. So she proposes bowling with him. 
And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll be there. Now, keep in mind, he's like broken up with his ex at this point. Right. That he was he was almost engaged to pretty much. I mean, they were uh-huh, uh-huh. together for years before they met us. So he's still living with her, even though they've broken up. And now they're they're They both show up to bowling with us. Mm-hmm. And so we're Wait, you all guys are. Hold on. You guys still go to bowling with them, even though he's sending her self-pleasure yes. videos. You guys are too nice sometimes. <laughs> that, <I bet laughs> okay. Well, no, no. This was. Okay, continue. This was a way to subtly. Tell him to stop? Yes. Okay. 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 To where he wouldn't, the, okay, the whole goal of this was to not hurt, was his, feelings. To not hurt his feelings, okay. not make him embarrassed, mm-hmm. and not make him feel like a creepy piece of crap. That too. I get that. So the, the behavior he was engaging in was inappropriate mm-hmm. and borderline creepy. Yes. But he wasn't that type of guy, so it was kind of a... Look, dude. And you guys understood that it was a, okay. Yeah, we're we're taking this in the spirit that it was meant, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's enough. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And, you know, by the end of this, he got it, mm-hmm. and everybody involved got it. Okay, cool, right. And so, when talking to her, yes, Sorry, it was we're just picking fuzzes and hairs off of each other. We've hit that point <laughs> in our that, relationship. We're just that together. Yes. I have an awesome soliloquy for the end of the episode. Continue. Woo-hoo. So, uh, when we're at bowling, I'm talking to her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so, he said that you guys could hear us through the wall. And uh, it got him pretty excited. So, I don't. I don't know what your feelings are on that, mm-hmm. but uh, I apologize if we ever, you know, mm-hmm. overstepped mm-hmm. a bound mm-hmm. or if you heard something you didn't want to hear. Yes. I apologize. For yes. That. You know, I didn't know. Had I known, we would have exactly. been a little bit exactly. more discreet had we known type mm-hmm. thing as I'm talking to her about this. And she makes the implication that at some point, there he would have been down for a swing or two. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that that wasn't necessarily off the table yet. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. At which point I'm like, okay, it's my yeah, turn to bowl. Right, yeah, right. Uh, bowling was an accident. Bowling was an accident. Like, not well, only no, at get- that point I made it all about the bowling. Oh, wow. It And that <laughs> that kind of set the tone in the proper right. direction that allowed everyone to save face. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because you're like over here like trying to bowl and you're just like, wow, it keeps going in the gutter. Uh, almost as if <laughs> there's a lot of striking out right now yeah. to be implied. You're striking out. Pretty there's much. nothing to be had here. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it was I think it was done. This will not result well, in a and, home run. <laughs> and my wife talked to him in a very similar spirit and tone right to where i think they both knew that it was like okay we're all cool nobody's feelings are hurt here or anything yes. but 
this is going to stop. Yes, exactly, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I highly, I admire you guys for being able to do that, for, you know, like being such critical thinkers and being able to acknowledge, you know, some people are able to offer because people do take up those offers. You right. know what I mean? And for you guys to be able to go, hey, let's go, let's go bowling and let's like talk about this so we can set some boundaries. Yeah. And not, you know, a, wow, this is gross, get the hell away from me. Well, and that, yeah, that conversation way, you know? never even took that route of, you know, all right, guys, look, we like you. We think you're cool and everything, but this is not going to happen, so you have to knock it off. We never even had to say that Mm -hmm. because that would would give the implication of bad feelings and that, you know, you disgust me physically and there's no way I would ever want to do something like that with you, which is not necessarily the case. It's so kind of you guys. You know, so we didn't want anybody's feelings hurt. We didn't want anybody to feel embarrassed about it. Well, we also wanted it to knock the fuck off. Yeah, right. Um, it also, like, sometimes turns you off to a friendship, right? Exactly. To, like, because I was going to say, I don't even know. I mean, how uh, we, my wife and a friend a- had one of her friends that we were friends with for a couple of years expose himself to her after I had fallen asleep um, at a hot tubbing hangout. Okay. Session. We just decided to hang out, and uh, she, she wakes me up. She's like, time to go. And I'm like, okay. We get in the car. She was like, yeah, he was whooping out his dick. And a, uh, and a boner and saying let's play yeah. the truth or dare <laughs> and we don't talk to that guy anymore um he's lucky uh i i unfortunately yes basically um because it's one thing to presume or to ask but to expose before ask that's a little weird and maybe um you know like the 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 videos is where i as a husband would have stepped in very 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 um 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 blatantly but you guys are so i mean that's well, just me and emotion but you guys are so too you know fine in tuned you know what i mean now i pride myself on being a person who like grew up not you know like realizing the repercussions of being mad and punching holes in walls and yeah. now that i'm a person who's like a lot different for that reason and i'm like you know, the critical thinking really helps yeah. in situations well, to keep everything, like, smooth and, like, not, you know what I mean? The thing is, is that I, I mean, and I'm not implying anything about anybody else's relationship or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the thing about me is that I view it as my wife is her own person. And her choices to be with me says something about me as a person. Yeah, that's too. So... When she told me that this was happening and she was showing me these videos, I kind of took my cues from her. I was like, how would you like me to respond to this? Oh, yeah, that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, do I need to escalate my reaction or do you or am I do I need to just kind of right let you handle it and back your play? What do you want to happen here? Right. And she was like, well, I'm not really sure what to do because he's a nice guy and I like him, but I don't, This, there's no way in hell that I would do something like that with him. Right, exactly, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, he, he kind of, doing something like that, you're putting yourself out there. Yep. Okay, so you're thinking you got a shot. If you're going to do some shit like that, it's either the attitude of, this might actually happen, but I'll never know if I don't do it. Yeah. Versus, nah, fuck it, what do I got to lose? That too. Versus, you know, oh, she wants me just as bad as I want her. Let me just open the door. 
Yeah. Yeah. So Holy moly. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a couple different mindsets in there to play with. And I was just kind of like, when I was running through that, as I was thinking about it, I was just like, okay, he sent, he sent her this <laughs> video. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Either th- and th- those are the three mindsets he has. He's like, I I might have a shot. I, yeah. I won't know until yeah. I try. Yeah. Fuck it. What do I got to lose? Or right. she's definitely into it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it <laughs> and fuck him if he don't like it. Type thing. But I mean, if he was still respectful to you and trying to be friends, and that's all that matters. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, and and my wife wasn't. I didn't take it as an <laughs> affront to our relationship. Like if he if he had actually said the words, mm-hmm. you could do better than him. You should try me, and then sent this video to her. That's a completely different conversation. It is, yeah. Definitely. That's a completely different yeah. mindset, and that is when I get the bat. Yeah, right. You know when he's like, you know, fuck him, leave him, go. Yeah, for me. right. Yeah. But he wasn't saying that. He was like, he wasn't being disrespectful to your relationship. With exactly. Him. And that's a big. Uh, yeah, no. That totally makes sense for the difference in, yeah. in you know the way that works. And that's kind of where I'm at with any of that stuff. If mm-hmm. he if when a guy comes up to my wife and hits on her and she says I'm married and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know when he backs up, then it's Boom. like, Okay, no harm, no foul. No I, harm, you know? Yeah, exactly. Me and this guy can actually probably be friends. Mm-hmm. Now if he comes up and he's like, Oh, fuck your husband. Right. You need to be with me. Uh Begins to get aggressive. That's yeah. when I'm no, like, okay, you need to back the fuck mm-hmm. off. She already mm-hmm. said she's married. Yeah, yeah. You know, my that, name's Rich. I'm that the doesn't husband. mean you get to keep going. Mm-hmm. Jokes on you. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and then there have been other situations where a guy has hit on my wife, and she's been like, "I'm married," and he's like, "Well, I don't see your husband anywhere around here." <laughs> and she's like, "Because he's right behind you." <laughs> And he turns around and he looks at me and he's like, "Yeah, have a good night." And walks <laughs> off. And then there's other times where he'll turn around, and look at me, and be like, "He'll turn back to her and go, I didn't see anything.'" <laughs> That's when he eats the bar. But yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you see me now, uh, fucker. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Uh, you know, I, it's so funny Hence to me that you guys... why I go to gay clubs now, pretty much. It's so, yeah, right? But it's so funny to me to watch you guys get into these situations of, like, hilarity almost to, like, have to, like, um, um, discard these situations and how they are. I write these into, like... I, I have, like, in the back of my mind ideas for, like, if I ever had to write a show about my life, holy moly. Yeah. I had kind of talked about one in passing, and this is, like, I'll, 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 we're getting close here, but I said I would have a little soliloquy for the end. It's not really a soliloquy. It's a story. It's more of, like, a pitch. It's more of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we talk about these, like, funny life stories, and there's a couple of things that I would really like to do if I ever um, got my own TV show mm-hmm. or that I had to write a TV show that was kind of, like, about us. I also wouldn't mind doing a pseudo TV show alongside what we do here, mm-hmm. but in sitcom format or, like, mockumentary format for YouTube mm-hmm. on the side. And I would write these episodes, and it would be kind of awesome, okay? And here's mm-hmm. how. I was just talking about an episode um, in the way that we were talking about us uh, naked camping together, mm-hmm. which would be really funny. Uh, a plot line for an episode I have is that we have our very first fight, like our first argument where we are not seeing eye to eye on something. It could be something totally stupid, you know what I yeah. mean? And we're just, like, totally not seeing eye to eye. And um, Christy and Sarah actually, like, um, drug us at dinner. And then we wake up 
in the forest next to each other naked. And they're like, the best way you guys are going to get along again and get over this dumb argument <laughs> this naked is, camping. is naked camping. We would, and we're for like we're so pissed at each other, but we're forced to do yeah. naked camping. <laughs> we're blurred out. <laughs> but we're just pissed. <laughs> subplot. Um subplot is that Joe the BFFFFF is like beginning to wonder if he's the BFFFFFF anymore. <laughs> and then halfway through the episode, he shows up to our naked camping naked. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, we're going out here. Like, yeah. And he's like interjecting himself as a third wheel to the naked camping. <laughs> Just like totally awkward like, but also naked. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. would totally yes. Good <laughs> right. stuff. I know, right? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a similar idea mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I was uh, I was going to do a sitcom, but it was going to be each episode would be a situation and like just a two minute interaction mm-hmm, type thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the rest of the episode would play out where I the the next three seconds after that event of every scenario I play out in my head of how it could go down. Oh God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just a replay over and over and yeah, over. It's so funny. Yes. And it just flashes through each thought scenario that and spins through my work. head before the word yeah. comes out. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, exactly. I still have to come up with the title. Oh my that. gosh. No, yeah. that's pretty. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, no, there's a couple of them. And then also on the, the note of like the swingers situation yeah. too, is it as someone who's like into film? Um, we watch uh, uh, Sarah. Uh, there was another one that I might have actually like pitched this one already, but um, th- there's one scenario where we uh, I'm a little further into the like the film scene, and I'm we're actually going on a dinner date with John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Oh, have yeah. I told you about this yes. one? Okay, never mind. <laughs> That's my other favorite one. Nice. For those of you who don't remember, where we go on a double date and we we get the implication that they want to swing, but at the end of the night, it turns out they don't want to swing. Yes, and we just want funding for the film so bad. Mm-hmm. And like, like Sarah's the hardcore like you can't look at that woman character, mm-hmm. but then when it comes to funding my film, she like slaps me. She's like, "Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you have sex with that woman if that gets you that movie funded." <laughs> nice. And I'm gonna go do what I have to do with John Krasinski, and she has a John Krasinski mural hidden behind her clothes on the wall. Nice. After thinking I have a crush on Emily Blunt. And we're just kind of like, well, if we had to swing, it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. If it was. Not that I, I don't actually have a crush on Emily Blunt at all. Right. She was pretty awesome in um, Live, Die, Repeat, though. She was. Cody Marquardt still has that movie. He still has my Godzilla, and he still has my Revenant. He needs to come back. Cody, you have too many Car- of our movies. Cody, get on your shit, man. Yeah, watch the you movies. You still have my Unbreakable. What are you doing, playing it? An anthem right now? All right, fun? you know what? Just have Unbreakable playing in the background while you play it. Yeah, multitask. You've got Just two monitors. You've got, got two you've monitors. You've got so many things. Make it work. Make it work. Do a reactions video. Come Do it for your YouTube, for the Twitch. Come on. Now, the, the thing that brought that I- anthology idea to mind was mm-hmm. uh, in high school, I accidentally knocked a girl's books out of her arms. Yeah. And as I was stooping to help her pick them up, I stopped for two seconds, and then I just kept walking. <laughs> this is what happened real time. Okay, so here's the situation <laughs> that happened real time. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl, yeah. Girl's walking down the hallway. I walk past her. I accidentally brush her shoulder and knock her books out of her arm. Yes. I go to stoop to pick them up. I stop. Two seconds later, I straighten up, and I keep walking. She yells jerk at me, and I scream back, I'm sorry, I'm just not ready for a relationship. That's the real-time events of what happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, 
here's my perspective. I walk up, or I'm walking down the hallway and I accidentally bump this girl's arm. Books go tumbling and I go to pick them up. And as I'm going stooping to pick them up, I am imagining us picking them up together. And then I bump heads with her and we both kind of, ow, and then we both kind of laugh, exchange names. We go on a date. We go on another date. We keep dating. All of a sudden, we're like inseparable. We're on all these dates and everything. We're having all this sex. She gets pregnant. She's not ready for a baby. I am. She aborts it in secret. And then (laughs) there's all this broken feelings and everything. And I was just like, I don't have time for all that. I'm not even going to try. So I keep walking <laughs> because I have built and I've built this whole relationship with this right, girl in right. the two seconds that I stooped to pick up her books. Right. Exactly. And so I at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to have a relationship with this girl because I'm just not ready for that level of commitment. And it's I so just funny. Keep walking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> or even to like yes. in the hilarity of pretending that these are like, you know, fictional instances for you to like. Like current day, still bump into someone. She drops her bags while she's shopping, and then you do all that, and then Chrissy's like, "What are you thinking about?" And you're like, "Nothing." Keep walking. Pretty much, <laughs> right? Pretty much. My wife will be like, "What are you thinking about?" You've got this look on your face. You're just like a completely like, fictional storyline. I'm like nothing. And she's like, like, "Yeah," and she'll have built it up in her head that I'm thinking all of this bad stuff about her when really, right? I'm living out this alternate post-apocalyptic future. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Where I am wielding a sword that is made of former body parts from like a Toyota Tercel. Exactly. (laughs) Like, what are you thinking about so hard? And and you're just kind of like thinking about how I'm kind of wanting to get new tires, even though I just bought new ones because I want ones with studs. Would I be able to keep an extra set in a garage or even like a storage unit to be able to swap them out when it snows? (laughs) Yeah. What are you thinking about me? (laughs) Would these tires be more effective if they were made out of Parmesan cheese? Would they be less effective? So true. Would I have a car running on Alfredo come summertime? Yeah, exactly. You're thinking all this dumb shit, and you're thinking about it real hard because it's dumb. But then your wife sees the look on your face and goes, "What's wrong?" And you're like, "Just nothing." Not like it's you, re- literally you really don't not know. worth going you really into don't because want it's to know. so stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank wow. you for listening to When Daniel Met Rich. I'm Rich. I'm Daniel. <laughs> Catch us next time. I have to pee so bad. Me too.